Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, what is our topic today? Let me tell you, John, you know, we almost never on this show talk about nurses, which is an oversight mm. because nurses are everywhere except when you need them uh, these days. And uh, let's talk about nursing, John, in the U.S. There are three million RNs in the U.S. I'll give you that as a starting point. Well, I, I can't imagine a better topic for a healthcare podcast than uh, where we are with nursing. And it's it's a very personal topic for me because my mom's a nurse. Uh, and I think that as at CareCentrics, where we're trying to shift more care at home and in the community, we are constantly working with nurses. Uh, and what we're seeing, at least, is some severe challenges, both on the supply side of how many nurses we have available to do all of the things we need to do in society, and also how those nurses feel about their job. I mean, we've got 10,000 people, David, turning Medicare eligible every day. Uh, we don't have an infinite capacity of doctors or nurses, but if you had more nurses, you could actually leverage and expand the capacity of doctors. And uh, you've also got in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of nurses who are feeling beat up. I think this is a, a great topic where we can kind of just communicate to people some of the challenges. I mean, what do you see as some of the challenges today for nursing? Well, John, I went through, you know, some of the statistics and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The most recent ones are from May 2020, really, just as the pandemic was getting underway. And like I said, three million uh, registered nurses in the U.S. Average wage of about $80,000 a year. So it's not a low wage job. Most of them are in hospitals, um, 1.8 million. And then a roughly equal number, close to 200,000 in physician offices and home health, as you were talking about, outpatient centers, some in, in skilled nursing facilities um, as well. And of course, they can work in, in business and the pharmaceutical industry and, and so on. The, uh, I'll ask you to guess, John, where is the highest wages uh, for nurses? Oh, that would be California. You're right, John. So it's about 120000 on average there and 150000 but, but, but just like while you're perusing through your deadly, boring economic research, David, I call out the fact that some of the most heart-centered care is provided by nurses. They are the the heartbeat of American medicine. And while you go through those cold statistics, let's not skip over the fact that if we're going to actually inject more care into healthcare, we need more nurses and we, maybe we even pay them more. I mean, I, I, I yeah. wouldn't be so hyper-focused on that. I'm not, I'm just sorry, John, I'm a, a numbers, numbers guy. You did ask about the challenges. I mean, certainly what we see right now, there's a huge shortage of nurses when they're really needed the most. And the nurses, of course, themselves are sick and unavailable to report for work. If you talk about this great resignation uh, that has affected a lot of people in the economy, you know, after a couple of years of just slogging away from being heroes to, you know, to, to people actually, sometimes the nurses becoming resentful uh, since patients aren't protecting themselves and it's been sort of two years and that the collapse only goes so far. I mean, it's, it's become a challenge, I think, for individual nurses. Uh, nurses are a highly vaccinated group, actually, but there is a few high-profile anti-vaxxers in their midst, and and so some nurses have a reputation of being anti-vaccine. They don't like that. Uh, and then we have a weird phenomenon, John. We could call it a challenge, if you will, which is about travel nurses. Why don't let's, you talk about that one? You're a big traveler. Just, let's just let's start with the fact that the vast majority of nurses are vaccinated, and it's got to be incredibly frustrated, frustrating for those nurses who are vaccinated and working round the clock, extra shifts in the middle of a COVID crisis, 
to have to, I mean, 80% plus of all of the hospitalized cases of COVID right now are folks who are unvaccinated. And that's their, their nurses are, are catching COVID, they're burning out, and it's crowding out a lot of the other care. But it fundamentally goes back to the fact that I don't think we've really got enough nurses. I mean, it's been, it's dispiriting enough that uh, something like 60% of all nurses have thought about quitting after the last couple of years, and 22% of the nurses we have are making plans to think about a different career. At a time of acute nursing shortage, we're actually creating the environment where it's gonna it's gonna burn our great nurses out. With regard to the traveling nurses, I mean that that historically was a a small part of the population where nurses would move around and fill gaps, seasonal gaps largely in the industry. But it's turned out in a particularly in the midst of COVID and in, in the midst of a supply demand, we don't have enough supply of nurses for the demand currently to basically be resetting the bar, creating more turbulence in the marketplace, which is to say the traveling nurses pay more for a short term gig uh, when enough people get lured into that short term switching. It increases the cost and also increases the turnover for hospitals that at this is the worst possible time for hospitals to have turnover or for their expenses to go up, frankly, in the middle of a public health crisis. I think it's a huge problem. I think re regulators are going to jump in and, and somehow slow down uh, the auctioning of nurse time that's happening right now, which is really undermining hospitals' ability to manage their business. Well, John, I know you don't like when I talk the numbers, but you know, uh, when you talk about travel nurse, it could be charged $200 an hour and they're working next to a nurse who's making a lot less than that. And that nurse is thinking, why don't I just leave Boston and go to Los Angeles where this travel nurse came from and we'll just switch uh, spots and, uh, and get paid more. So there's, there's some big challenges there. You know, what you said about the nursing shortage though is, is it's not so straightforward because the last time there was a, a recession, uh, a serious recession, you know, 07, 08, a lot of people went to nursing school then because they said, well, this is recession proof. We'll always need nurses and so on and so forth. But then when they came out, they found that actually the hospitals wanted to hire experienced nurses. And some of them came back into the workforce and you had people that had gone to nursing school and had a lot of debt uh, who were unable to get work. So you also got to watch out just that it, you know, you might hear a clarion call to go to nursing school. Uh, just, not always David, the best choice. David, David, I mean, j just, just because history is not destiny. 10,000 people a day turning uh, Medicare eligible. We're not treating our nurses well. There's too much turbulence. There's too much demand on them. I think we need, I mean, I think there was something close to 80,000 more applications to nursing schools than there were slots last year. Um, the nursing schools pay uh, their faculty um, who are qualified nurses about half of what an average working nurse would pay. So we've got the economics. If you want to talk economics, it's fundamentally screwed up in terms of our ability to actually provide the supply of nurses available. And because we don't pay our teachers at nursing colleges enough. I mean, the situation has gotten so bad in terms of supply and demand that HCA, the large for-profit hospital uh, system, actually bought a nursing school last year or this year as a way to make sure that they had a supply of nurses through their nursing school. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a huge challenge. And if you want to get into like the debt and all that stuff, now you're getting into this, the, 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 the craziness with which we kind of force people to take on a lot of debt. And, uh, and don't give them the tools to pay for it. I mean, this is a, 
This is this is a fundamental public health and healthcare mission. We should be doing everything we can to increase the number of nurses, increase the number of access to nurses, because nurses don't just provide direct care. To your point, they're involved in administration. They're involved in. I mean, the president of Johns Hopkins is actually a uh, a nurse. There are they're they're in leadership positions. That background of being a direct caregiver, playing hopefully at the top of their license of providing care is something that um, I think is a great background for a lot of other aspects of healthcare. And again, if we're going to expand that care in healthcare, we ought to have more nurses, not less. And we're, we've got a system that's not set up to support that. So John, uh, you know, one way is obviously having more nurses go to nursing school, making um, the pay and other conditions better to lure nurses into the workforce. Let's talk about a couple of other possibilities. One is immigration. About 15% of nurses are immigrants, which is actually low compared to the number of physicians, which is about uh, 28% and about 25% of health aides are, are immigrants. So immigration is one possibility. Of course, that may take nurses from other places. I always like things that can be uh, automation to help nurses to be more productive. And there's some things like robots to be able oh, to help actually. To robots. I'm always disappointing you, John. If it's not, I thought I talk about money. You don't like it. I talk about technology. You don't like it. What do you want me to talk well, about? No, I Happy just, birthday. I, I, I think, I think what you got to get focus on, David, is, you know, we're, I'm talking about the absence of care in healthcare. And what you want to do is put some, you know, Boston robotics, like, you know, so Star Wars like figure down the hall. That's not exactly going to create any warmth in healthcare. I think there's definitely a bunch of tasks that we can outsource. There's a lot of cool remote patient monitoring systems. Like there's one that I'm, I'm very close to in biointelligence where they can put a sticker, a, a Band-Aid size sticker on um, a patient and not wake them up every three hours to see how they're doing and take their vitals. We can automate and simplify the, manage, the monitoring of vital signs. I'm sure we could do a lot more automating, cleaning and changing of more of the, uh, the aid tasks in uh, that that are done in a hospital, but I don't see. I don't want uh, one of Dave's robots taking care of my eighty-eight-year-old mom. Sorry, no can do. Don't stick a little white hat tucked hat on on that robot and think it's going to do it. Do the job that a great you know normal a human nurse can. This is we need more hands-on care, not metal on 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 bodies. I just David, I think you're I think you're I think you're barking up the wrong technology tree. I, I'm, I'm usually barking up the wrong tree of some kind, John. I, I will admit that. But the I think there's a, there's a system of technologies that the nurses will uh, like. Um, there's also, but let's talk about actually about you know care to the home and the need for nurses there. Now, on the one hand, I told you most nurses work in hospital settings, which is which is not where most healthcare workers are these days. You know, and there's a shift to the home. I would say, John that the shift to the home is actually requiring more nurses and you're making the nursing uh, crisis worse by sucking more capacity out of the system where it's needed. Bring it what do you say my, to that? Bring it our way. CareCentrics wants to shift more and more care to them. Well, first of all, we want to make sure that nurses are, are, are playing uh, at the top of their license. And there's no question that as hospitals become more and more dangerous places to for vulnerable people to get sick in, 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 in multiple ways, that helping people heal and age at home is actually a positive, David. And I think that what we will do is we will actually create more capacity for more of the high acuity cases to stay in the hospital and for nurses to play at the top of their license, to perform at the top of their license. Yeah. 
in John, the hospital settings. So we're actually, actually we're growing capacity for more healing and also to allow nurses to do what they were trained to do, which is to really take care of those most complicated cases in the hospital. John, when you talk about someone working at the top of their license, I think that's just a euphemism for working their butts off. Well, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. I mean, one of the things that you've missed in your, while in your, in your deep but narrow dive in the BLS statistics is there's not just a problem of nurse capacity, which there is, but we're also running into, uh, because of uh, strict limits on immigration and dislocations in the labor market, there's a lot of, we're also losing a lot of healthcare aides. And so what happens to nurses is they end up having to change beds and bedpans as well as actually take vitals, uh, assess, uh, assess the stability and, 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 and health of a patient, help them in rehab. They're having to play uh, roles that are actually not ones that they were actually paid or trained to do because they're the, uh, they're, they're, they're sort of the, um, the, the, the party of first resort, if you will, when there's a labor crisis and a crunch and the lower skilled positions. So no, what we're talking about is leveraging all of that talent um, to actually provide care at the, at the level that they've been trained to do. And in many cases, that's not the case just because of all the other dislocations we have at the, at the end of a, of, a, of a COVID crisis. But also your, to your point, you know, we, a lot of those aid positions were provided by immigrants and we kind of put the cramp on immigration just as the demands for care went through the roof with COVID and an aging graying of America. John, I think maybe a good way to wrap things up is, is to consider whether we would advise our own college age kids to consider a career in nursing. You know, on the one hand, I think it's a very positive profession. It's rewarding. You're helping people. It's flexible. You know, you can have a family go in and out of the workforce. You could work anywhere and so on. And despite what I said, you're probably unlikely to be replaced by technology. On the other hand, it's a hard job. It can be even dangerous. Um, the hours aren't very good. It's uh, gotten probably tougher with, you know, working at the top of your license and, and so on. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little mixed. I lean only slightly in the favorable direction. Oh, you are just such a downer today. I mean, oh. just, just, now I think that I would absolutely encourage uh, my, my kids, my nieces and nephews all to consider nursing. It is a phenomenal way to get, get into healthcare. It's a heart-centered uh, a profession. It's a wonderful culture of a profession. And honestly, a great a tra that early training pro provides you uh, the platform to do anything, including lead healthcare companies or even run their own run your own healthcare podcast. I I I I I'll take the opposite side of that all day long. I mean, sure, it's difficult right now, uh, but healthcare needs more nurses, and I'd encourage more people to to uh, volunteer uh, to transition to nursing in mid career, which a lot of nurses do, uh, and to start your career there, knowing that uh, particularly with all of the opportunities in healthcare and the need to put inject more heart into healthcare. It can be a terrific profession. Well, John, I think what you did put me over the top there is that the realization that someone could be a great podcaster as a nurse. So I think I will uh, come fully into your, into your court. But for now, John, we're going to end this episode of Care Talk, where we have discussed a much neglected topic, and that is the state of nursing in the U.S. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. If you like what you heard or not, please subscribe on your favorite service.